Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 6, Second Outgoing Message. My name is Paul Mason Foch. Today I'm going to play the second of my outgoing messages. One of the things I loved after first getting my answering machine was recording original messages. I saw the answering machine as a chance to provoke more than simple replies of name, phone number, and reason for call. I wanted my messages to surprise, inspire, or at least bring a smile. The outgoing tape was designed specifically for the machine and was 15 or 30 seconds long. I had at least two outgoing tapes so I could rotate my outgoing messages. The incoming tape was just a normal cassette tape. I used one that lasted 45 minutes so callers could leave very long messages. I may have had more than one machine during this period, but I distinctly remember purchasing a Panasonic dual cassette machine on Maxwell Street. The Maxwell Street market was located just to the west of the Dan Ryan Expressway and south of Roosevelt Road. It dated back to the 19th century, but was displaced in 1994 due to the expansion of the University of Illinois at Chicago campus and its accompanying gentrification. In the 1980s, I recall Sunday mornings taking a bus that ran down Halstead until finding this mass of people looking for bargains. There was also live music, most famously the blues. A 2008 documentary titled Cheecher Fair reveals the central role Maxwell Street played in the development of famous blues and rock musicians. Whenever I went to visit Maxwell Street, it seemed endless. Block after block of vendors selling every kind of food, clothing, equipment, technology, books, record albums, anything you could imagine. It was a flea market fantasy land. Of course, one wondered where all these items came from. There were rumors that much of it was stolen goods. I probably paid 5 or $10 for my answer machine. When I brought it home, there were still messages on the tape that came with it. So it made me a little curious. Who would sell the machine with messages still on it? I worried that this person's machine was actually stolen before they even received the messages that were on it. Would there be a way for me to find out by listening to the messages, who owned the machine? Should I try to return it? I felt guilty about all this, but I decided to trust the vendor and believe that the machine was legally obtained. Okay, returning to this week's message, as we will see, it is an example of a message created to be used only one day. It's about 40 seconds long, and it contains some dead line sound at the beginning. Okay, here it is. Hello. Hello, hello. Today is 8-8-88. And this number is 6 8 4 and at 8 o'clock tonight, or 
or 888, which would be 928 in our time. It will be time to recognize the number. So now you can see why I said this message was made to be used only one day. It gives us a precise date, August 8, 1988. The next thing I want to note is the beep coming at the start. I'm not sure why this is. Normally the beep would come at the end of the message, but the outgoing message tape was a single loop tape. So I guess this was just an effect of how the tape was duplicated. The music in the background, I believe, is a soprano saxophone. And more specifically, I think it comes from the Rova Saxophone Quartet, because I can hear some other saxophones more faintly in the background. But this is just a guess, and I'd really like to know what it is. I think the music is perfect for the numerological nature of the message. I also like the mysterious tone in my voice and the way I emphasize each time I say the word eight. It's sort of like I'm speaking from outer space. This is especially the case when I say at 888, which would be 928 in our time. It's as if I am contrasting an alien sense of time with earth time. So what was happening on this date? Well, I looked at the Chicago Tribune and found it was the day of the first night game at Wrigley Field. It's so funny to imagine now, but there were no night games at Wrigley Field until 1988. It was part of what made going to watch the Cubs play so special. The sense of endless summer with its ivy-covered outfield walls. But on August 8, 1988, this came to an end when the Cubs played the Philadelphia Phillies. And here's the kicker. Sunset for that day was 8 p.m. However, the game ended up being rained out in the fourth inning. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't the eighth inning. The message of this thunderstorm according to Jerome Holtzman in the Trib the next day, was, don't fool with Mother Nature. It was as if the universe was protesting against the Cubs' decision to introduce lights to Wrigley Field. Well, that's it for this week. If you would like to participate in this podcast or have comments, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's p F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.